Hello and welcome to episode 189 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. Opening day is on Friday, and we are recording our annual prediction episode. We've got a ton in store today. We're talking about the Blue Jays' regular season record. We're talking about how far they're going to make it in the playoffs. We're talking about individual performances. We're talking about home run totals. We're talking about when the Blue Jays are calling up prospects. We're predicting everything about the 2022 season for the Toronto Blue Jays today. But guys, how are you? Six plus months later, we have finally gotten to the point of talking about opening day, talking about actual regular season games. It's exciting. Spring training is officially over. And as we record this podcast on Tuesday night, the players are on their way to Toronto as we speak. Uh, The buzz is for real. We finally can see this team rather than just talk about predictions or whatnot. We got one more to do that. So or one more to do that for. And of course, it all begins Friday night against Marcus Simeon and the Texas Rangers. I got to be honest, the last four or five days I haven't been paying that much attention to the Blue Jays you guys know I've been in Edmonton my first time in western Canada to shout out to anyone who might be listening from Alberta or Edmonton haven't been paying that much attention but today yesterday so so excited to dive right back into it and get hyped up because we are like three days away we're two days away all three of us are going to the home opener and we're excited for that one and we're also going to the game on Sunday both of which are against the Rangers. Jacob, how are you? I got to be honest, I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't been paying as much attention these last couple of days, come on. but you don't even have an excuse. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. That, uh, to be fair, that, yeah, come on. To be come fair, on. the Leafs have won a lot, and that doesn't happen often. But uh, I got to say, the the hype. It's not even just Blue Jay fans. It is everywhere. Major League Baseball came out with their power rankings a couple of days now. Ranked the Blue Jays second in baseball, and a quite famous or relatively famous Instagram account, all sports news, shout out to them ranked the blue Jays at fourth, I believe in the entire league. So not only are we hyped for this team, but it seems as if everyone's hyped for this team. And I just, I cannot wait to see Jose Barrios open that season in less than a week, less than I less, you know, I can count on my fingers how many days there are until this season starts. And I just couldn't be happier before we get into any of the predictions. What do you guys think about the number two ranking by MLB? I personally, I love to see it. You love to see the Blue Jays getting that kind of love. I think it might be a little bit generous. I'm not sure they're the second best team in baseball. I know there's a lot of hype around them and power rankings aren't about like just the pure best talent team. They are about kind of the momentum side of things. I think there's a couple teams that are better than them. I think the Dodgers are better than them. I think the Brewers are probably better than them. Pitching wins championships. Um, I think if you're entering the conversation, maybe the White Sox. Although, to be honest, they've had some knocks over the last week. Maybe they're not above them. But I'm a little skeptical about the number two ranking. I think it might be a little bit high. Yeah, see, as as happy as I am, I'm looking. I just have the post up here. Uh, the top five. The Rays are ranked fifth. Brewers fourth. White Sox third. Then the Blue Jays second and the Dodgers first. Dodgers are 100% first. I don't think anybody can dispute that. I Part of me wants to put them third or fourth. I I, I do genuinely think that the... You predicted this team to win the World Series. I, Come on. Okay, but, but to be fair, though, the... Uh, where is it? So, actually, the top five is pretty split between AL and NL, but all I got to say is you just have to be one of the best teams in the AL to win the... Uh, or at least get to the World Series, and then who knows what goes on from there. But I, w- I think it's fair to say... If the White Sox get Lance Lynn back relatively soon, they're probably better than, uh, I think, the Blue Jays. And that's not to say that I don't think the Blue Jays would beat them in a championship series, but perhaps it's a, perhaps it's a little too reactive. I think that it, there's a shot that they're the second-best team, but it might be a little too high. I personally love it like you guys do because I know that a lot of people also have like the theories of how, you know, overhype, you know, you teams can be overhyped at the beginning of the year and then things can fall off the rails or whatnot and Jacob you mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs I think that's a team that's always overhyped but that's the thing is for Toronto sports it's always the Leafs who are overhyped and then when you look at these other sports when's the last time you saw the Jays or I guess the Raptors even I don't even know if they've ever been that high before in power rankings they finally are getting the attention they deserve it has been years in the making and that is why I'm all for it even though if you agree or not or if you think there may be a few better t- or a few teams below them that could arguably be just as good or if not a little bit better. 
I love the attention. Finally, the Jays are getting that, and it's been a while. I don't know. I can't remember the last time they were even ranked second on Power Rankings. I don't even know if there was really a time frame within the the last, what, like decade. Like, I don't think so at all. So that's why them second. I love it. I love the hype. I love the attention they're getting from the, the States as well, in official or also from the MLB's official account, uh, Instagram account. So that's why I love it. And I do think you can make a case from the B second. But, of course, the one thing is that we know – Part of, or I guess, a good bulk of those predictions come from the roster construction that happens throughout the offseason. We know that. But the main portion and the por- the portion that we don't talk about enough, is, but we're going to be talking about, I guess, for the next six months now, is that the stuff that happens throughout the year, in season, the stuff that we don't know um, that lies ahead. Because there's going to be lots of things that lie ahead. There's going to be cold spells. There's hopefully knock on win, not a lot of injuries. There's a lot of aspects here that can change the outcome for them in the season, and I think that's a thing that's always kind of overlooked in a way. But I know for power rankings, especially for the first ones of the year, it's based off the offseason in general. I love it. Second, why not first? Why not? I mean, that'd be pretty cool, though. A Jays and Dodgers World Series would be pretty pretty entertaining. A Jays World Series, obviously, in general, would be entertaining. That'd be awesome. So I love it. They get the attention. And uh, it's time for them to prove it as well, not just, I guess, throughout winning the offseason. It's time for them to actually prove it now on the field. If the Blue Jays are in the World Series, I don't care who they're playing. It could be the Arizona Diamondbacks. It could be the Los Angeles Dodgers. It does not matter to me. I'm going to be hooked on every pitch, obviously. But um, we do have some stuff that went on this week that we should at least mention before the predictions get underway. Charlie Montoyo getting an extension. Um it's through 2023, and there's, I think, two additional club options added on at the end of that as well. So that's big news for the Blue Jays long term. Second piece of news to mention is that the Blue Jays have traded Reese McGuire to the Chicago White Sox, speaking of the White Sox, for catcher Zach Collins. Um, basically, what this seems to boil down to is just about options. Um, Zach Collins has options remaining. Reese McGuire doesn't. If the Blue Jays held on to Reese McGuire, Odds are they would lose him at the end of April when rosters shrink. Holding on to Zach Collins, the Blue Jays don't have to lose him, so they get something for him now. Um, That's basically the news to talk about. Nate Pearson also out for a little bit. He has mono, which, I mean, that guy cannot get any more unlucky. Um, We talked about the injuries that he had last year, an injury being misdiagnosed for half of the year, and now he's out with mono. Um, it just doesn't get any worse for him at this point. So we wish him all the best. And obviously for the Blue Jays to do well this season, he could become a key part of that. So just wanted to mention those things, but we do want to get into the main event here today, which is a prediction. So we're going to start with some of the things that we find really interesting. We're going to end with the big ones, which is the postseason run, which is the overall win-loss record for the Blue Jays. But starting things off, we're going with an over-under for George Springer. Games played... Over-under is at 140.5. We talked about all the injuries he had last year. Played in just under 80 games last season, 78 games. What's the over-under at? Are we expecting essentially a full season? Or another maybe injury-plagued? Even Not even talking about the amount of injuries that he had last year. Like If he's on the IL for 15, 20 days... That takes 140 games out of the question. So 140.5 is the over-under. What do you guys think? Considering it's been a quiet offseason and spring training for George Springer, I'm taking the over at 145. Here's the thing. The Blue Jays signed him to be their everyday center fielder. And no disrespect to anybody else on the depth chart, but you want George Springer in as many games as you possibly can, whether it's DH or center field. You want his bat, you want his defense, you want everything. And I'm just looking here... Basically, since 2014, he only he got into 78 games that season, which is actually the exact same that he did last year. Other than that, he's been over 100 games pretty much every season, with the exception of 2020, because that wasn't a full season. But his career high at 162 in 2016 led the league. Other than that, he's up at 120, 140, and I really don't see him taking any less than 145. Now, I hold caution because obviously things could happen and we don't want those to happen but I think that if you have a healthy George Springer he's not somebody that's gonna want to take a day off you know look at Marcus Simeon last season he wanted to play every day he wanted to play in the field every day more uh, importantly but somebody like George Springer when he knows he's one of the big impact bats I I don't see him going anywhere 
other than really on the field or in the lineup. Yeah, so I have to take the over on that, 145. This is a guy that's going to play every day, and I think he wants to play every day, so I think that's the most important part. This is a tough one, and this is a really good one, because this is something where, other than really uh, last year, he's never really missed that significant amount of time, and that's really what happened last year. We, We all know 78 games, and we all know how impactful he was in those 78 games, which you know gets you optimistic because... That obviously was the only time where this has happened in terms of him missing that amount of time. However, I will take the under, I but it won't be by much. I think he will sit around that 140 mark. Jacob, you were going through pretty much his games played throughout the years, and you mentioned 2016 was the only year he's played a full game or a full year when he played every game. And then you mentioned obviously in 2017 and 2018 he played 140 games, and ever since 2016 he's never played over 140 games. That has been the maximum for him. Now, I know it's. It's tough to kind of predict this to happen because if you're really looking at it, an I Elston can easily make this 140 games, but I do think even if he's dealing with something minor throughout the year, I do think the Jays will be cautious uh, in certain ways. So that's why I think, and even in, or that's why I obviously think he's going to get around 140. But even if he's at 140, I think we'll take that. Like that's more than half a season of George Springer, and he's included every day in the lineup for most for the most part. So. I'm fine with him being around 140 games after what we witnessed last year. And I think the Jays really kind of, you know, they have the outfield depth for him in terms of, you know, fielders and like, you know, Rymel Tapia. And of course we have the other people like Teos Hernandez or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. But the one thing that does concern me, I guess, is when he's not in the lineup in center field, that bat is gone. And we discussed this last week or a couple weeks ago in terms of the Randall Gritchick trade. And that was one of the kind of the downfalls of that trade was the risk of if George Springer gets hurt, you know, what does the outfield look like in that span? So that's why, as much as that's really possible in this case, if he plays 140 games, he's still not missing significant time compared to what he did last year. And I think anything over last year is what any, or is what Jays fans will take. And of course you want at least 130 games out of him. That That is something I think that is a must, but 140 games, just because he's always been at that mark other than 2016, I think that's a safe bet for him to be there. And even if he does go the over, He'll go over by a bit, but I think regardless of what it is, it'll sit around that 140 uh, mark. Yeah, I'm with you on pretty much everything. I'm taking the under as well. Um, I just think you look at the history of him over the last four or five seasons. Last time he had more than 140 was 2016 when he played, you know, credit to him, 162 games. But it's just been a while. He's older now. You have the track record of what happened last season. And like you said, I think the Blue Jays are going to be taking it especially cautious because of what happened last season. So I'll put it around 130. Um, I think that is, you know, we would take that as Blue Jay fans. I would take 120 out of George Springer if it just means that he's healthy most of the season and there down the stretch for the Blue Jays. So that's where I'll take it for that. I'll take the ender. So next one for individual player performances is Hinjin Ryu ERA over under at four on the dot. Um, this one's difficult. He had an off season last year. He was at 4.37 ERA last season. Um, the thing is, he has a track record of success. And at the same time, we've heard good things about him this spring. It hasn't totally translated to on-the-field performance. Spring training being an entirely different conversation. But I think, and I can go first on this one, I'm going to take the under. I think he's got going to have an ERA below 4. Um, and I say this because I think, hey, what I just said, the track record, the performance this spring, the things that we've heard from people in camp about how he wants to prove that last season was a fluke. He's put in the effort. We saw how much time he spent with his team back in um, Japan, is it? Or Korea? I think it's the Korean Baseball League. Yeah. Um, we've seen how much effort he's put in this offseason, how much time he spent. So I'm going to take the under the, on that one. I think he bounces back. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to take the under on this one. Now, here's the thing. He's not... Going into 2020, he was the guy. Going into 2021, I think that's another fair argument. This season, you don't even need a 269 average like you did in 2020. Like, even if he puts up... I'm, I said the under, so I'll just get it out the way. I said uh, 388 ERA. Even if you can get that out of your, I don't know, fourth starter... That's still a dominant uh, starting rotation, and I think that's honestly perfect for the Blue Jays. But realistically, that other than so, I'm not even going to include 2016 because he got into one game and his ERA was over 11. So aside from that, his ERA is 
pretty consistent. You know, he's had, he obviously had those dominant years uh, towards or after 2016 and 18 and 19 where he was great with the Dodgers and then the Blue Jays. But aside from that, you're going to get a three to mid threes pitcher, maybe high threes. And so I think 388 is fair. Anywhere from high threes to four. First of all, that's fair for Ryu. But more importantly, if that's your fourth starter, even your fifth starter, I think that's a dominant rotation and the Blue Jays would take that any day. Yeah, I think this is a sweep for all of us. I agree with you guys on the under. I think we're expecting Hunjin Ryu not to be what he exactly was in 2020, but to be better uh, than he was last year. So kind of being in between those two years. And Jacob, you mentioned it. I think you nailed it right off the bat is that you don't necessarily need him to be that number one guy anymore. You have the protection of Jose Barrios. You have the protection of Kevin Gosman. You can even make the argument you got Alec Manoa in there. And of course, Yusei Kikuchi at the back end of the rotation along with Ryu, or sorry, along with Manoa. So... I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll take anything around the 370, I guess, to 380. I think that's obviously reasonable to expect. Anything under would obviously be even better, and hopefully nothing goes over that point. So you also want him to be healthy throughout the year. I know he had a couple short stints on the aisle last year. I think that one near the end of the year may have been more of a kind of a phantom stint to kind of get himself to get back on track. So hopefully you don't really see a lot of that. Hopefully the mechanics are there. The velocity is there. We know, Mark, you were talking about the expectations. A lot of people are confident about this in terms of a bounce back to be much better than he was in 2021. And of course, another main factor of that season last year in particular was that he was away from his family again for a couple straight seasons. So we know that his family is going to be with him this year in Toronto, along with a lot of other... a lot of uh, other people on the team for the first time in a couple of years. So you have to imagine that's going to be a factor for him as well off the field. Maybe that's was part of the reason why there's a lot of things that can go on just besides baseball. And of course his mecha- mechanics alone last year, unfortunately uh, took a, took a dive and his velocity, of course. So, he just had trouble striking people out. We know his stuff wasn't there, and it wasn't really what it truly was in 2020 and years past, especially in 2019 with this last year with the Dodgers. So anything under four is definitely something that will take us uh, a success. But I think to for reasonable reasonable expectations, it should be kind of in between the 370, 380 range. All right. Well, that was easy. We're all on the same page on that one, and hopefully it comes true. Um, the next one, especially relevant right now, um, how many games is Nate Pearson going to appear in? I wanted to ask this one because we asked the essentially the same question last off season when we were doing the prediction episode. We asked how many games would he start, and we put the over under at twenty point five. And I'll take this moment to brag. I was the only one who took the under on that one. Both of you said he would be over twenty point five starts, but this season it's entirely different conversation. The expectation is he's going to be in the bullpen slash swingman. Um, and right now he is out for who knows how long, probably until at least the start of May with mono and then working up his, um, his workload after that point. So, um, you know, just a general question, how many games is he going to appear in? no set over under on this one, but I'm going to say, I guess I'll be a little bit optimistic. I'll put it at 25 to 30, you know, he's going to be relieving. So, We're talking about him appearing in two out of every three games, two out of every four games. I think we're going to see him, and I'm hopeful on this, but I think we're going to see him play a role with the Blue Jays and play a bigger role than he has in previous years. So I'm putting it around 25 to 30 games. I don't know where you guys are at. Yeah, uh, see, here's the thing. I I, I can't remember when this was, but I, I was pretty set on him, even with Kikuchi, probably being a starter. Now, obviously, that changes things. And the recent news obviously completely changes things. But if he's in the bullpen, I think 30 is probably fair. Now, the thing is, is it depends on when he comes back. Because you said mid-May or early May is when he starts his workload. I heard two to three months is when he could potentially, or how long he could potentially be off for. I hope to God it's not that long. But say it is, you know, that's, that's half a season almost. So if he comes back, I would say mid-May to mid-June, somewhere in between that period... 30 is fair I think 30 is fair any regardless of when he comes back but it's probably going to be a lot less than what you think and really like the top guys like I think Romano had close to 70 it was 60 or 70 appearances as the closer last year and Pearson's probably going to be one of those higher leverage guys like whenever I talk about the core four you can always talk add Pearson to that so I think it's fair to say 30 30 is his max and not because I don't want him to not because I'm limiting him it's just because when you miss potentially a quarter to half of a season there's just only so many games you can get into now if he starts what I'll put it at is I'll say 12 
but that's probably unlikely. And I just I thought I'd put that out there because I thought he would be a starter at some point. Uh, this is an, another tough one because of his injury troubles. Um, we know the thing with Mono is that even if he doesn't feel sick after a certain amount of days, like I think it's only a couple of days where you actually kind of feel sick. It's obviously the transmission that can happen with it. So you have to really kind of isolate yourself for quite some time. And I know the last athlete that I remember of fully in all of sports who dealt with mono was Sam Darnold in the NFL when he played for the New York Jets uh, a couple years ago. He was out for three to four weeks before returning to action. So that's kind of a comparable that I use for it. But of course, baseball is a little bit different because, Mark, you said it too. You, you got to work yourself back up to speed even when you're clear to return. So that's at least another couple weeks down in the player complex probably in Florida after the May hits. I think May is a realistic timeline for him to start throwing again. And then, of course, he's got to build himself back up. You probably assume he's going to go through uh, AAA for a bit as well, get a couple appearances. I'm going to be even more less optimistic than both of you. I'm going to say... Hopefully, he appears in 20 games. I'll take 20 games. I don't really know, and I'm not really confident that he appears in more. The only thing I'll say is, even if it's not mono for him keeping or being out longer than um, that certain amount of time, or he plays less than uh, 30 games, what you guys were predicting, I still am worried about minor issues that he's going to come across with because we've seen it with him pretty much every single year with minor injuries or things that he deals with. I need to see it to believe it at first, which is why my optimistic level here for him is definitely lower than you guys. However, I do think getting 20 games out of him right now is realistic, and I really hope I'm wrong about this. I really hope you get more than 20 games, him being that impactful guy out of the bullpen. Of course, you're expecting him to possibly make a spot uh, spot start or two throughout the month of April because, unfortunately, the, the pitchers still aren't exactly stretched out to their fullest, even though they're getting there. So you might see guys like Ross Stripling instead now make that start uh, throughout the year or th- throughout the month of April, I should say. So... That was kind of a thing where we were expecting Nate Pearson to potentially start, and Jacob, you mentioned that too. So now you take that away from him. And then, of course, barring any other injuries throughout the year, hopefully the rotation stays healthy. Hopefully he comes back as a reliever. I think 20 games is realistic in my in my opinion, and I'll take anything over that, of course. But I think a good start uh, in terms of a fixed number would definitely be 20 because of the lack of durability that he has showed other than mono. Of course, there's been other things he's been dealing with. We know the the growing injury he dealt with last year that actually turned into a sports hernia, so that had to be addressed as well at one point. So it just it feels like every single thing that he deals with, no matter what it is, he clears that way, he gets back, and then there's something else ahead of him that happens, regardless if it's an illness or if it's a dif- different type of injury. So that's why I'm more pessimistic on that. 20 games, I think, is a realistic number for him to be out of the bullpen this year. And when he's in those 20 games, expect him to be very highly effective. All right. Um, now it's time for you guys to pull out the 2022 schedule. We're going to lay down the marker on when Gabriel Moreno is going to make his major league debut. Um, I think the we're Moreno all on the watch. same page. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all on the same page when we say it is going to be this year. I think everyone thinks that. Um, he's already at that point starting the season in AAA. Um, I'll let you guys start on this one. I want to get the last say. I think Bryson should start because I'm still struggling to get the schedule up. I I Google Blue Jays schedule and I get a, okay. I get Google um, images of trash bags. So Bryson, you might want to take this one. You see, you can't rule out the possibility that he could be a Cleveland Guardian by July. I know that is definitely. We don't really know how true all of this is or when anything can happen or who's going to be involved in a potential deal if that happens. But if we're assuming that he's going to be a Blue Jay this year, remain in the organization, we know that April is going to be, of course, expanded rosters. We know that they're going to start with three catchers at least. Likely when May hits, they're going to go back to tw- they're going back to 26 men, which means they're going to go back to two men at catching. It's tough to, it's tough to say because Danny Jansen, you know, is a lock. And then the only way this happens for everyone to stay healthy is if they go back to three catches throughout the year, unless there's an injury possibly to Alejandro Kirk or if Alejandro Kirk's moved, this is a really tough one, but I'll say, I will say by, I'll say by June, middle of June, I'll say by June 13th, he'll be up. This is a really difficult prediction. I think this is even more difficult than the Alec Manoa one last year because we know that the spot was there for Alec Manoa. We know that that rotation spot had his name calling for it throughout the year and when he did come up it was going to be his but the increased depth of catching is what makes this complicated because we know they're going to be going back to two men like I said in May so that's Alejandro Kirk and of course that's Danny Jansen 
The only way Moreno comes up before that is if there's an injury, and God forbid there's an injury, you knock on wood. But I think that's the only pathway unless they decide to go back to three catchers at some point. And we know the thing with three catchers is that that also fully utili- or utilizes Alejandro Kirk as a DH. So maybe they go back to two-mana catcher for a bit, and then they don't realize they, they don't necessarily like where things stand with their lineup. Maybe they decide carrying three catchers in a unique situation is what benefits, obviously, Moreno coming up earlier, J- Jansen being that guy, and Alejandro Kirk getting more at-bats at catch or at DH as well. I think that's the only way for that to happen before June 13th. Here's the thing. I'm going to put it at June 27th. And so the thing is, the Blue Jays have a road trip before then where they go to Chicago, Milwaukee, a couple other cities. But I think June 27th, when they host the Red Sox, is probably the absolute earliest. And you brought up a point. He might not even end up ever playing for the Blue Jays. He might get traded. But I think it's fair to say that if... So, first of all, things need to go wrong for certain players unless they want to carry three catchers for him to come up. But I think if you're going to do it, and, and this is just me being me, but I think you're going to do it when they come home, face the Red Sox, well, face a couple of division rivals, but it'll probably be late June at the absolute earliest if he's not traded and if nobody gets injured. Okay, so I think on the Alec Manoa watch, I was the uh, the latest. I said, I think at first I started like August or July or something like that. For Gabriel Marino, I'm going to go the earliest. I think he makes his Major League debut on May 31st against the Chicago White Sox. Um, originally, I was thinking what you were thinking, Bryson. I was thinking mid to late June. Originally, I was looking at, I think there's a series against the Yankees that starts on June 17th that I was eyeing. But to be honest, I think learning from what happened with Alec Manoa, I think Gabriel Marino is going to get the call earlier. And I know there are so many variables at play here. There's trade talk, there's injury talk. The Blue Jays are not going to carry three catchers. So you have to figure something happens to Danny Jansen or something happens to Alejandro Kirk along the way, whether that's a trade or an injury. But I do think Gabriel Marino will make his major league debut before the end of May. Um, I just think if you're wasting a year of service time anyway, if you're starting that clock, the Blue Jays are going to do it early. And I do think Gabriel Moreno is major league ready. He's not going to learn that much from sticking in AAA for another year. So that's what it is. Um, Bryson, you mentioned Gabriel Moreno watch. We'll be keeping eyes on what's happening with him and it's probably going to become a reoccurring segment. But to move on to our final player specific prediction, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Home run total. I think we've done this previously on the pod, but we're going to update it right before the regular season starts. I think he does regress a little bit. I'm putting it at 45 for me. I'm just going to say this. I know I've jokingly talked trash about drafts and whatnot, but I'm going to say 50. I think it's fair. Ooh, whole se- wow. First of all, this is a whole season at Rogers Center. A big jump last time, Jacob. I, I, yeah, I probably had the biggest roller coaster of predictions, yeah. but uh, this is a full season at Rogers Center, a full season of zero capacity limits like 50,000 people from day one I don't think that that momentum doesn't play a a bigger factor than we're realizing so I'm gonna put it at 50. You guys know one thing about me is that when I kind of make these predictions I stick by it and I'm a man of my word I don't change course you guys know that I was the most optimistic one when we did this a few months ago I will keep it the exact same it won't go any higher it won't go any lower he's gonna hit 53 home runs. Okay I think the uh, when we talked about it last week, the over-under from DraftKings is 42.5, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So, all I'm saying, it's interesting. We're all way higher than that, but okay. That's what we'll lay down the law on that one. So, the next thing we're talking about is general individual performances. So, to start things off, we're going to predict who from the Blue Jays is going to be in the All-Star game. This is something we did last year. And we kind of had an idea of what was going to happen, but I think we screwed up on George Springer. I think we screwed up on Teoscar Hernandez, if I remember correctly. So, And of course, I don't think anyone predicted what was going to happen with Marcus Simeon. So it'll be interesting to see how it checks out. And of course, we know all-star game performance, it's not just based on on on-field performance. There is a certain element of personality, of media impact to it that decides whether a player gets voted in or not, or whether a player gets chosen by the American League manager or not but that all being said I think I'm going to say that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo Bichette is where it gets tricky 
Jordan Romano. Oh, okay. And Kevin Gosman are all-stars. Those are the four Blue Jays that I will say are all-stars. That's Flatty, Bo, Romano, and Gosman. I was really hoping you were not going to say Romano because I wanted to be the Uh-oh. one with the bold takes there. But <laughs> here's the thing. this I, I, I don't make hot takes often, but Jordan Romano is probably the best closer in Major League Baseball. Jacob, wow. I think you make the most hot takes out of everyone. <laughs> Your hot takes podcast. are through the roof, Jacob. Okay, but so, some, some of them are realistic, at least to some extent. Or Okay, moving on. I think it's... So I will say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is probably a lock for the next 10 years as an all-star because it's it's I think it's fair to say that he's one of if not the best player in the entire league at least hitter wise I'm gonna say George Springer I know we said him last year and I know it didn't go that well for him to be fair I think he played like four games before the first half of the season or whatever it was but if this is a healthy George Springer if this is a 260 to 280 hitter with I don't know maybe 18 20 home runs at the all-star break or more I don't think it's unfair to say he goes to the all-star break and then, like I said, Jordan Romano, him and Liam Hendricks, uh, you know, I don't know who else you want to throw in there, but he's one of, if not the top closers in this entire league. And then I'm I'm not going to say Kevin Gosman. I'm going to say the opening day starter in Jose Barrios because no disrespect to Kevin Gosman, but I think it's fair to say that Barrios is going to have a season unlike one that we're even expecting or that we've ever seen from a Blue Jay. Like he's fresh off of a massive extension he can't, He wanted to go to free agency with the Twins. He said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. The Blue Jays convinced me. I think that he's going to stay here, and I think he's going to have a monster year. Interesting. I like it. Um, I think I actually have a new name that no, none of you guys mentioned that will be part of the All-Star game. But, of course, I'll start off. I'm torn on Springer. I probably will pass, though, because I, I just, I'm going to pass on it. I think Guerrero, Hernandez, Bichette. And I'll throw some spice onto this one. I think Matt Chapman's also an all-star. Okay. And then, of course, I agree with Mark on the starting rotation. I think if there's going to be a guy, it'll be Kevin Gosman. Matt Chapman was an all-star in 2019. He hasn't been the same health-wise since. He has said that this year in particular, he feels the best he has in the in the last couple of years. We know the glove he has as well. I'm very confident in that. And Kevin Gosman, a guy that kind of fell off a little bit in the second half of last year, I think him and Pete Walker are going to work really good together in Toronto, and I really do think that he's going to maintain what he had last year going for him. I like the Chapman pick. I like it. I think it's someone, I don't know, I didn't want to pick too many guys. Like, I think if you're looking at the Blue Jays lineup, there's like six guys who can be all-stars. If you're looking at the rotation, there's probably three pitchers in the ro- the starting rotation of five guys that can be all-stars. I You can even be generous and call it four guys in the starting rotation who can be all-stars. So it's so tough to pick, but yeah, I, I can see Matt Chapman making it. I can see Teoscar Hernandez making it, all these guys making it. In terms of the starting rotation, I think it's going to be Gosman over Brios. Like if Again, if you had to pick one, um, only because I think Gosman, like his peaks are really good. Like his peaks are really high. We saw it last season, first half, incredible numbers. I think Barrios is more of a smooth and steady guy who's going to give you the same performance day in and day out. And it's always going to be great, but not elite, like not all-star level. I think it's like just a tick below all-star level. And he doesn't necessarily have a higher gear to go into, but he's also never going to go into a lower gear as well. So that's the reason I picked um, Gosman over Barrios. But again, there's so many guys you could pick on the Blue Jays. So exciting to watch them. Um, the next one is, speaking of you know league-wide recognition, we're picking league-wide awards that the Blue Jays may win. So, I, I mean, your answer might be nothing. Your answer might be five different awards. But right now, the only award that I'm going to pick a Blue Jay to win is most valuable player, and that is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think, I mean, just the time has come. I think the odds of him putting up another season like he had last year like you were mentioning, the factors, Jacob, all at the Rogers Center without moving stadiums partway through the year. You look at the fact that he has another year in the majors, another year of experience, another year of playing time. And then on top of all that, the conditioning that we've seen him do day in and day out this offseason, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be MVP. And I don't think anyone is going to have a season like Shohei Otani had last year. I think that is a unicorn season. Even Shohei Otani is not sustainable. I think what we saw last year was one and done. 
he's going to be reeled back in or, you know, hopefully not suffer an injury. But I, I see Vladdy as winning the MVP, but that's the only award I see the Blue Jays winning. I don't, I think rookie of the year is out of the question. I don't think Marino is going to be called up early enough to get that. I think Cy Young is out of the question. Again, so many guys that are good in the Blue Jays rotation, but I just don't know if they have that caliber a guy. Um, and if we're talking about other awards, I think like, yeah, the Blue Jays will win some silver slugger awards. They'll be, win some of those. Is it the Rolades Relief Pitcher of the Year Award or something like that? I don't know. They might win some of these smaller awards, Gold Glove, whatever it might be. But I think of the big three, MVP is the only one they're running. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Silver Slugger is probably a lock at least for two or three, if not four guys in this lineup. But MVP, I don't even know if it's guaranteed. Now, is my, I, I think we all, to some extent, predicted Vladdy at least at one point last year to win the MVP. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, but I wouldn't say he's a lock, and that's just because there's a lot of variables, a lot of factors. Whoever it is, maybe it's Otani, maybe, I don't know, maybe you can argue Simeon again, although I kind of doubt it, but there are a lot of guys that'll probably be neck and neck for those one, two, and three spots. However, I think out of anything else, that's probably it. And I think we also have to remember, just because you don't win Cy Young doesn't mean you're not a good pitcher. Like, you can have a what did Aaron Sanchez have five six years ago a three ERA and he didn't even win it he was easily their most valuable pitcher so just because nobody wins a Cy Young doesn't mean I think that Barrios or Manoa or anyone's gonna have a bad season it's just it you know at the end of the day sometimes you just have one guy with an abnormal season so in terms of these types of awards it's probably Guerrero at MVP I'd love to see other ones but I think this is the most likely if if any of the three are possible yeah, we have another sweep. Uh, for somebody, for me as well, predicting 53 home runs, you figure that will be enough. I mean, you look at last year when he hit 48 home runs, and, and among other things, you, you thought that was enough last year. So, again, the Otani factor this year, pretty, going from what you said, Mark, pretty rare that he does that again, and that is why I'm assuming that. And, of course, if that doesn't happen last year, we all know Vladdy probably would have gotten the MVP, So, if or he would have been one of the front runners at least, and he was even with Otani. So, taking that away... And I got to predict Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting 53 home runs. And, of course, you have to imagine offensive numbers will be off the charts as well. He's definitely my pick, and I think that's definitely the likeliest option out of that. It would be pretty cool for one of the guys in the rotation to kind of be that dark horse and emerge as a Cy Young Award favorite. But, of course, on paper, it's kind of hard for us to predict that um, right off the bat for that just because for all the re reasons we've been saying of, you know— it, they have the guys, but we, they don't have that guy. You know what I mean? They have one B, and that's why I think that's pretty hard to predict for a uh, Cy Young award. So out of those major awards, though, MVP for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and of course, you'll see sil Silver Sluggers, like you guys mentioned, Gold Gloves, potentially Matt Chapman once again, Silver Sluggers like Teoscar Hernandez, and all that. So that's all expected, but yes, MVP for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., we do have another sweep. All right. I'm glad we're all on the same page on that one. That's exciting. Um we're talking about all these predictions and what better place to actually put these predictions to use than DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino, it's coming soon to Ontario. We mentioned it last week. This is exactly the type of thing that they do. I mean, the predictions, the placing bets, and the potential to essentially rub it in your friends' faces when you win all that money at the end of the year. That's what they do. And to just give you a, a little snippet into what the odds are this year, we're talking about MVP. Vladdy is actually the third favorite MVP, according to DraftKings, in the American League. Shohei Otani is number one, and Mike Trout is number two. So if you're like us, if you have that confidence in Vladdy to win the MVP, I mean, if you want to place that bet, the odds right now are plus 500. So it's not bad odds if you want to go and win that money. So that's something that you can do. DraftKings, Sportsbook, and Casino, you can not just bet on baseball, but there's also college hoops we know that wrapped up just yesterday with march madness final you can bet on that you can bet on other college sports you can bet on football basketball um you know ufc hockey you can bet on everything with DraftKings sportsbook and casino they have same day parlays you can score daily odds boost you can play your favorite slot games anytime anywhere in the province and it's safe secure and reliable so get excited ontario DraftKings sportsbook and casino is on the way while you wait, you can check out DraftKings now and tell them we sent you. You can use promo code SECTION138. That's promo code SECTION138. 138 is the numbers, not the letters. 
DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino coming soon to Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600-19 plus. Physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operating agreement, agreement with iGaming Ontario. We're talking about all these predictions and the next one on our list is for the lowest starter ERA in the Blue Jays. I think all our picks are probably obvious with this, just based on what we just said for um, All-Star Game performances, but I'm picking Kevin Gosman. I think he is the clear runaway favorite. Again, I think Barrios is a great starter. He doesn't have the same peaks as Gosman have has, so I'm taking Gosman. Be a little bit spicy here. I'm going to say Jose Barrios, and I'm not going to say that it's by much. I'm saying Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios are a 1A and 1B situation, easily a first starter on almost any rotation with exception of a few teams. I think it's going to be Jose Brios by a, by a very small margin, but still him. I got to go with Kevin Gosman as well, of course, from what we were talking about throughout the All-Star game. I think his splitter this year, or especially last year, was really nasty. I think it's going to be nasty again this year. I saw something about his only start in Lakeland uh, yesterday, which was on Monday, where his something about the dip rate was actually through the roof compared to last year so he did something to it over the offseason or if it was just him being really fresh I don't know but it looked really damn good and that's why in his um, six innings it was a really serviceable start he's going to be ready for Saturday on four days rest he's ready to go to around 95 to 100 pitches Kevin Gosman you paid him the big bucks to come here somebody that you've been looking at for a couple years now I do agree. I think he's going to be, or I agree with Mark. He's going to be the front runner this year in ERA. And of course, Jose Barrios is going to be right behind him as well. He's going to be a solid anchor in the rotation and credit to him as well. So this rotation's deep. I mean, we don't even talk about Alec Manoa a lot. I like where he sits as well in the rotation. And of course, you say Kikuchi has a lot of ceiling here to be a lot better as well than he did last year. The rotation overall is going to be really solid, at least from what we're expecting. But Jose, or sorry, Kevin Gosman will be leading the way. All right. Uh, the next one is reliever ERA who's going to have the lowest ERA out of the relievers let's go the other way around this time let's make Bryson start the lowest ERA will have to be and of course Jacob you can understand my pick here it's got to be Jordan Romano I mean you're talking about the closer you were saying how he's one of the best in baseball I agree or at least I think he's up there he's going to come out this year he took over that role last year throughout the year really well I know he started off kind of in the eighth inning and he finally settled into that closer role at you know, around the middle point of the year, maybe just before that, he's going to lead the way. He's going to come out in the ninth inning when it matters. He's going to shut the door on these teams. And it's going to be one of the reasons this year of why the Jays will be better than last year because of the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen really hasn't been discussed a lot. I don't think it could be as bad as last year. I mean, there's no way it really can based on what you're starting with. So the bullpen overall will be a lot better. I'm expecting them. And of course, you have Yimmy Garcia coming over. You have Julian Merriweather, a potential bounce back. You have a lot of names here that could definitely have a bounce back year and continue for what they had last year. But that lead anchor right now, and he's emerged as the front or the leader in, in that bullpen for the relievers, it has to be Jordan Romano. Oh, absolutely. And so here's the thing. Romano has a career ERA of 290. However, the problem is, is that includes his 763 ERA in uh, 17 games in 2019. So, okay, not a good year in his first season in the in the majors. However, a 123 ERA 2020, 15 games, so smaller sample size. However, 214 in 62 games last season. I think it's fair to say his ERA is under two. You know, when you're the because here's the thing: if you're the closer, obviously that you run the risk of you know one giving up two runs in a ninth inning can really mess your ERA up and especially if you do that a couple times a month or whatever but I think it's fair to say that he puts a string together like he did last season and especially 29 uh, 2020 when he had like a combined perfect game throughout his first like nine appearances I think it's fair to say by far this has the or this guy has the lowest ERA of the bullpen and it's in the most important position I should remind you guys well it I mean he has the most important position because he's most likely to have the lowest ERA but I'm going to be a little contrarian. I might look stupid for this in like two weeks time, but I'm going to say Tim Meza. I, I think it's a reasonable pick. And again, I did pick Jordan Romano to be an all-star and I think he'll be an all-star because of a, like the fan profile, just the media profile and because of the number of saves he'll have. And I think, don't think Tim Meza is going to be in a position to get saves often, but I think it's going to be Tim Meza. 
For context, he had a 3.4 ERA last season. That was his first season coming off of Tommy John after missing a year. I think he'll improve this season. And you look at the splits for him month by month. He had an ERA below 3 every month except for August when it was 3.12. And May when it was 14.73. So I think he obviously they figured out what was going on that wrong that month. They figured out how to fix it. And it was not a problem for the rest of the season. And if you remove those nine appearances, those 7.1 innings from his season, I mean, I don't have the math in front of me, but I assume his ERA goes down to something like 2.7 probably. All I'm saying, so I'm going to pick Tim Meza for that. I'll be a little bit contrarian on that one, and we'll see if it pays off or if I look like an idiot at the end of the season. We will see. That's part of the joy of all these predictions. Um, the next one we have, most stolen bases. I'm going to go with Bo Bichette on this one. I think there's pretty much two candidates. It's Ramil Tapia or Bo Bichette. I think Tapia, if if you were like taking a rate of stolen bases in terms of stolen bases per games played, I think Tapia probably has the lead. But Bo Bichette's going to get a lot more playing time, so I'm going to go with Bo Bichette on this one. Yeah, if, if it was Tapia getting into even 100 games, 150 or 100. If he was an everyday outfielder, absolutely him by a long shot, but it's probably going to be Bo Bichette. You know, he, he, you know, he runs, he steals. Uh, I'm not going to predict Vladdy, even though he had a couple in spring training, but it's probably going to be uh, Bo Bichette. I think we have our third sweep of the day. I agree. I think Bo Bichette's a safe pick. Of course, if Tapia plays though, more than what we expect, he's definitely going to put, put up a fight for that, of course, but Based on what we're expecting, knock on what a healthy season out of the outfield in particular in this case, you have to imagine it'll be lower than um, what it was last year just because he won't be on base as much. And then, of course, he'll be coming on base in certain you know situations or coming off of his defensive replacement or just starting the odd time. Bo Bichette definitely, I think, has this award for him. I think last year he stole about 25 bases. So, you know, you have to imagine it's going to be around there, especially for somebody who's going to be playing almost every day. A safe pick, and I think the... The f- clear front runner for this pick has got to be Bo Bichette. Yeah, I think if there is an injury like we saw last year to George Springer, knock on wood, um, I think that's when we'll see Tapia have more stolen bases if he is playing kind of a Randall Grishik workload, maybe 100, 120 games. But right now, I think the Blue Jays' plan is for him to play maybe max 70, 80 games. Maybe he's coming off the bench in situations where they want him to steal bases, but Right now, I think the plan is for him to not get a lot of playing time. If everything goes according to plan, you have him starting maybe 50 games, coming off the bench for another 20, and everything is perfect for the Blue Jays season. But obviously, we know it's not going to go that way. But yeah, Bobuchet on that one. Um, Okay, the last one of the individual performance section of our predictions is probably the most exciting. Highest wins above replacement. This was a point of contention last season, if I remember correctly. Bryson and Jacob, you both predicted that it would be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I was a contrarian, and I said Marcus Simeon, and I will continue to hold that and rub it in your faces because I ended up being correct. He had a hair more wins above replacement than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did, but this year I think it's an obvious pick. (laughs) You know, there's no Marcus Simeon on the team anymore. It's Vladdy. See, part of me wants to be a little bit uh, unique here and pick somebody uh, else. Like who? Who would you well, pick? That, that's the problem. Do it, I, do it, do it, do it. There are, okay, what I will say is there are a few underrated players on this team. And, you know, for the heck of it, I'm going to say Teoscar Hernandez leads this team in war. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Two-time Silver Slugger, back-to-back <laughs> Silver Slugger, I should remind you. He's going to play every day. I'm not saying that he's going to be more... Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, before I contradict myself and say, <laughs> say something, I think it's fair to say Teoscar Hernandez is bound for a breakout year because, realistically, I think we can say he had almost a breakout season last year. And what was it, 2020? Yeah, he, and even last year, I think he missed like two or three weeks. He actually did get COVID in early May. So I'll be the one with the hot take on this episode and say that Teoscar Hernandez has a, a very, very good season. And I'll tell you what, if you have two guys that could have wars this high or even three it's a darn good lineup i'll tell you that much if i'm predicting wins above replacement teoscar hernandez is number five on my list for the blue jays this season 
It goes Vladdy, Bo, Gosman, Barrios, and then Teoscar Hernandez. So that's all I'll say. I was going to pick Bo, but I think Teoscar Hernandez is a little bit underrated. He definitely is. I mean, yeah, I I think he's around the middle of my list too, Mark. But I wanted, you know, part of me was tempted to go with Bichette. However, I think we went with Bichette, or at least I did, I remember, in 2020. But I went with Vladdy last year. And if you guys know, I've been riding the Vladdy train this entire episode. I've predicted MVP. I've predicted the most home runs out of all of us. I got to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the war. And, of course, I don't need to throw out a spicy take because Jacob decided to do that for me. <laughs> so I guess that's the one thing we're going to remember from this one. So I got to play the safe safe road here and go with you and say Vladdy Lee leads the league – or sorry, not leads the team in war. And, of course, I guess going back from what your prediction was last year, Mark, pretty good track record. I'll follow suit. I, I got to favor myself based on the order here because I was after you both of you. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to follow up Jacob on that one. Man. I'm not even going to bother. Oscar Hernandez. <laughs> I don't I just think like he's already I, I think what we've seen the past few seasons like yeah, he did have covid at the start of last year, but I think what we've seen no offense to Teo, but I think that is his peak performance. I I I don't know if there's another gear in there. I don't know if there's more performance left in there, which is not knocking Teoscar Hernandez. He is a phenomenal player. He's an all-star, but I, I don't know if there's that next gear to get to, you know, being better than Vladdy. And I, I will remind all of us that we all predicted Vladdy for the MVP. So Jacob, what you're saying is that Teoscar Hernandez is an MVP caliber player. That's interesting. That's a very if good If you're point. looking at MVPs on the Blue Jays, then yeah, I would say that Teoscar Hernandez is up there because it's probably top four hitters. I would say probably obviously Vladdy, Bo, Teoscar, and then I don't want to say Guria. I don't know. It, there's a bunch of guys that I think could be tied for that four spot, but Teoscar Hernandez, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think there is a hair better, or he can be a hair wow. better. I don't know. I mean, we've seen him get better the last couple seasons. Twenty, what was it? Twenty seventeen. I think he came here. Or whenever he first came up, 2017-18, he was chasing everything that was on the outside plate. Doesn't do that anymore. He's very selective, and I think that I could be very wrong here. And, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong by a a 55 home run season by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or whatever. But I think that Teoscar Hernandez is in for a very unique season. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, we'll turn to the big... What I thought was going to be the big predictions, apparently that's a big prediction, but um, the overall season predictions, we've got three big ones. we got the regular season record, we've got the order of the ALE standings, which I guess isn't that exciting because we did it last week, but and then the Jays' postseason run, including how deep they'll get, the team that they'll lose or win against in the end, and how many games the final series will be. So we'll start with the ALE standings because, again, we already did this last week. I already forget what I said last week, so I don't know if this is the same. But I'm going the Blue Jays at the top of the division, followed by the Tampa Bay Rays, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and then the Baltimore Orioles. That's correct for what you said last week, yeah. I'm going to say the same thing, just flip the Yankees and the Rays. I think the Yankees, uh, that's what I said last week. I think the Yankees, I said the Yankees and the Rays will be close in record, but I think the Yankees will be like on the Blue Jays tail the entire season and Rays will be a slightly less in terms of win loss record team. And then the Red Sox and the Red Sox again, slight dip, but then the Baltimore Orioles are just in the basement, but it'll be a good day at least if four of your five teams are within a couple games of each other. But yeah, I'm not going to make any changes from last week. Yeah. I mean, at this point you can't, but um, like, are we predicting record or should, or should I, are you going to lead into that? I or? mean, you can't, Wait, Blue Jays record? If you want, I'll do no, it. I'm ready to no. go. No Blue Jays record yet. We're we're saving that for at the end. But if you want to do okay. other teams records, I'll just I'll just wait then. I'll just wait. Okay, so I agree. I think yeah. So last week, pretty much, I guess it was different for both of you though, just near the bottom. But yes, Jays first, Ray second. I'll say Red Sox third, Yankees fourth. But of course, I think that's going to be separated within almost like a game. Um, at like the most. And of course, and then you got the Orioles at five. I'll just say this. I know the Rays made the trade yesterday for Austin Meadows to Detroit for Isaac Paredes. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Just watch this turn out and for a win for the Rays. Like the Rays do this all the time and it turns out to be an absolute success for them as much as it doesn't look so good on paper. As much as that trade did happen yesterday, I do think still 
the Rays are going to be that second best team. I still think so. Okay, I will say, going back to our friends DraftKings, um, you can bet on the top three teams, the top three finishers in the league, and the odds-on favorite is for the division to go Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays. So that does play to Jacob's hand in that prediction, but we'll see Make how it ends up. for the Teoscar prediction. <laughs> okay, my, well, we're on. Go ahead, Jacob. I was going to say, my predictions, they might be crazy, but they're never extremely far off. Okay, most of them. Never? Moving on, what's the next prediction? I feel prediction? like we can prove that wrong. <laughs> what's the next This predi- one might be far off, though. You did predict the Blue Jays to win the World Series last year against the San Diego Padres. And followed up with the same one this year. Okay, but they got unlucky last year. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the next <laughs> one is exactly that prediction. It's the Jays' postseason run. So I guess we'll, yeah, we can just go around. How, for say, how deep they'll get, what team they'll lose to or win against if they're if you think they'll win the World Series, and then how many games that final series is going to be. So, uh, yeah, let's go the other way around. Let's go Bryce and Jacob, then I. I'm trying to remember what I said last year. I think last year I said the division was the farthest they'd go. This year, it's it's hard because at the beginning of the episode, because from what you were saying, Mark, of how Jacob's predictions kind of contradict each other now, because you said Teoscar leading the chase for war makes him an MVP candidate. And then I was the one supporting, I guess, the most out of this, or at least uh, about the Jays being second in the power rankings. So now I have to stick to it because I just... I can't go against it. I can't do what Jacob did. I will say they go to the World Series, but this is not the year. I say they lose in the World Series, and then maybe in 2023, they get it under their belt. They do it. So for the sake of it, and plus I'll I'll take it up a notch after last year as much as they didn't make the playoffs last year. We know that this will be a, a much better team. I say they go to the World Series, and they lose to the Dodgers. I'm going to be very plain, very simple from the MLB Power Rankings because I think if it won't be the Jays, I think it's going to be the Dodgers who win. That team is completely loaded on paper, and you add Freddie Freeman to the team now, it is completely insane. And of course, they just traded for Craig Kimbrell, who looks like there's it's or who's going to be their closer this year. The team itself, pretty much other than that, remains the same, other than losing Seager. Uh, this team still remains very. It's still a lethal lineup, and it's still a lethal team. I think the Dodgers beat the Jays. I'll say in six in the World Series. So I know you guys know what I said last year, and because we discussed oh, that, you can't change. I'm it not now. Cha- uh, what, what I'm saying. I think they're winning the AL pennant for sure, getting to the World Series. I think it's going to be against the Brewers. It's going to go okay. six. Okay. If I say they win, it's just going to look like I'm firing at all cylinders because that's what I said last year, and that didn't even come remotely close. One of these years, you'll be right. <laughs> but see, that's the. Th- but you said I don't... you said the same prediction for 2022, though. Yeah, like, that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't want to just keep saying, "Oh, they win, they win, they win," and then eventually, okay, I get okay. one right, but my actual like accuracy is completely off. But I do think they have a shot at beating the Brewers in six. You, they can, to some extent, match that rotation. To some extent, ma- match no. or. No. Okay. Well, they can at least they can at least overpower them in terms of lineup. Bullpen is. We'll have to see where that goes. But I think if you're beating, I think I would feel confident in a Brewers series. So I'm gonna say Blue Jays in six. Jacob's on fire today. Wow. Yeah, I think if the J pitching wins championships, and the Brewers have such a good rotation and such a good bullpen. Um, honestly, regardless of what happens to Blue Jays right now, I'm predicting the Brewers will win the World Series in 2022. So take that with a grain of salt, but that's my prediction. Um, I think the Blue Jays will lose in the ALCS to the Houston Astros. The Astros always make it to the ALCS, and I don't think the Blue Jays are quite at the stage to win the World Series or at least go to the World Series. So I'll pick the Astros, go to the World Series. It's going to be Brewers, Astros, World Series. Brewers win the World Series. That's my prediction. Blue Jays losing. And if I'll say it goes seven games, I think. I mean, it's crapshoot. I could. <laughs> I'll say seven Even games. Even without Correa, too, eh? Wow. I They just always make it there. They seem to do it year in and year out. They are like the Tampa Bay Rays That's fair. in the That's AL fair. East. Somehow, some way, no matter what happens, they manage to get there year in and year out. So that's my pick. What do you think, Jacob? <laughs> After you thought the Blue Jays would win the World Series. 
See, I was going to say that they were going to lose to the Astros. Like, I was looking at it. I think it's possible that a Blue Jays-Astros championship series happens. I, I still think the Blue Jays are better than the Astros. And e- even if they're not, even if they are a couple games worse, they've got to have the momentum of a, of a playoff run. And I know that's... Who can predict momentum from day one or even before day one? But I still... Like I said with the do- or with the with the Brewers, I feel confident in a series against the Astros. Or Brewers. I'll throw out one dark dark horse team. I think don't sleep on the Atlanta Braves again. With even without Freddie Freeman, do not sleep on them. It's possible. It's always possible. Okay, now it's the big one. Now it is the win loss record for the Blue Jays this season. Um, I this is always the most exciting one because in the end it is. It, it's the only thing that matters, and it boils down to one number that is very easily proven correct or incorrect. So if we just look at the odds of the Blue Jays, according to DraftKings, they will have the second best record in baseball, and that's behind the Dodgers. So it kind of follows those power rankings we've been talking about. I don't know if that I'm I'm that optimistic. I think I might be the lowest out of everyone here in my win projection, but I'm going to go with 97. I think it's generous to the Blue Jays. Right now, the ratings have them, I think, around 91, 92 games. I think they're going to make trades at the deadline that improve them, and I think we might see some performances that aren't expected out of Hinjin Ryu, out of guys like that. So 97 is where I'm going at. I don't know if you guys are higher or lower than that. I have a feeling Jacob's going to be higher. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to be at, Bryson. See, here's the thing. You said we're going to get unexpected performances, but if you take this team already as it is and get a better version of Ryu, add at the deadline a full season in Toronto, and I know we keep mentioning that, but it, I swear it's going to matter, and people listening are going to see it once it starts to unfold. I don't, I don't see this team losing... I'm going to put it at 99. I was going to say one more than that. I was going to say 100, but I think 99 is a, You're a so mix. Close. It's a mix Why between Why being not one more. Jacob, you have to. I, like, I'm going to. You gonna, have to go 100. I'm going to stick with 99. I think I, I was going to say more, like even before. Like, I had a. I, I believe that. <laughs> I had a different <laughs> prediction before this even started, but 99 is probably fair. And who knows, next year we could see 110. I'm, that's obviously a year away, but I think this season we're probably going to see 99 wins. Considering, like we mentioned last year, the 91 wins that they had was primarily made up after the midway point of the season. So you take all those things that went well second half, put them over a full season in Toronto, I wouldn't be surprised if this team is on the cusp of 100 wins, but I'm going to put it at 99. It's always hard to kind of say a team's going to win like that's a hard achievement to do and that's why I even I've and that's why I was very I guess pessimistic to going to 100 wins I said last week that it would also be less uh, than 100 wins or for what it would take to win the AL East and surprisingly for you Mark I am actually lower than you but it's not by much I was uh, always going to go with this I think 96 wins for the Jays I know that kind of seems like boring because it's one off of you but that was always the prediction for me today I was actually I was expecting to be like the lowest like um, by a little bit more than one game, so I'm actually kind of surprised with that one. So, and the other takeaway is I am not I am surprised Jacob didn't go to like 102 or 103 wins. There's still time for you to change that, but I'm just surprised you didn't go that high. But 96 wins, and I think it'll be enough to win the AL East. Well, now I'm boxed in. Now I only got, you know, even 98 wins. How does that work? If the Blue Jays won 98 games, who gets it? Is it Jacob or me? We call it have the to be some sort of. There'd be like a tie break, but I think then that's when you revert to other predictions. Yeah. I hope we like don't do that. Like the war prediction. I hope we don't do that. <laughs> like Teoscar Hernandez winning <laughs> or leading the team in war. Let's hope the record is uh, it stays at what it is because some of my predictions, they might seem a little weird right now, but I'm telling you, just let the season A play. little. Just <laughs> let the season play out and we'll see. Okay. Okay. So are we saying that war is the tiebreaker? I'm in favor of war. That's two to three. Okay, fine. Even so though... wins above replacement is a tiebreaker if it comes down to it. I better hope for a record prediction. Mark is feeling confident. <laughs> I Yeah, that being said, like I feel like 97 and 98 wins are the two most likely outcomes in my mind. So I'm 
I'm fairly confident with that. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll be back here, you know, who knows whenever the Blue Jays, hopefully, playoff run ends. Um, But we'll be back here October 15th to anywhere between October 1st and October 30th or whenever the last day of the World Series. We'll be here some point over that span talking about these predictions and seeing whether they paid off for them for the Blue Jays or not and whether we were correct or not. But as always, we will wait and see. You can support our podcast, patreon.com slash section138pod. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, section138pod. Um, you can check out our YouTube. It's the exact same details as you find the podcast, the exact same name, and you can find our podcast if you only listen or watch this episode on YouTube. And then the last thing I'll mention, um, you can give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Just help spread the word about what we're doing here. And uh, you can ask your friends what they think. <laughs> 98 wins, 100 wins. Where are they at? And you can compare it to our picks and probably make fun of us on social media. But until then, we'll be waiting eagerly to see what happens with the Blue Jays. Catch you next time.